Welcome everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a special gift for you today, a live podcast show. This will actually be the replay of the live podcast show that I did a few days ago where I had a special guest from Gahana Educators talking about why literacy is important. So please go ahead and stay tuned. This is going to be a two-part series because very in-depth interview. I interviewed three people and you're going to hear them speak today. And it was a very encouraging, motivating, and informative type session. I also had people to call in to provide their perspective, their insight, their experience, and their firsthand knowledge about why literacy is so important. Why we should continue to invest in awareness, being informed, and of course being inspired so we can inspire the next generation. Why it's important on the adult level. And we need to look at that and the motivation for us to continue to encourage the young children that reading is important. Reading is a rewarding type gift that we can give to the children that want to aspire to be more, right? To expand their their frontier of their destiny. Now, today is also another uh, focus on the event for the school that Matthias speaking on that was my guest speaker last month going into february he's going to speak today so that particular event that link would be in the description to find out about his school that he represents and what they're trying to achieve and the resources that they're looking to to be able to have going forward they have a lot of programs based around literacy in the community in kahana and expanding in other schools in the area of the continent of africa this is a global movement of global movement of course but it's a movement that collect our memories and our understanding when we were a child and how we connected of reading books and we want to be able to expand on that and connect globally so that event in itself is focusing on his school that he's connected please go by and check that out the link again is streaming from connected to my web official web page but it has a dedicated page specifically for his school and Matthias and what his committee of team members working forward to bring about a positive change in Gahana, like a positive change in the overall discussion of literacy. It's, it's very important. And the other speaker today is going to expand on that, how it goes deep into the whole ingrain of what we consider a community. And I like to look at community as a community, as family. And family can be different ethnic groups, different countries, all connected to one on the main world um, objective which is for us to be able to look at reading that it's a fundamental right it's a human right and we should be able to look at ways that we can help one another all right no matter what you can help with that's the goal so check out that event page see what you can do see what you can even if you can tag or you know or tell somebody else about it or what have you whatever whatever in this particular uh, perspective we take the blessings as they come however shape or a way that is positive that is forward moving and that is we in we influence and i got to say the 360 so at any rate let's go ahead and get started with this live podcast again this will be part one and then part two will be released that will take us into march and that date will be released because i released two times in a month so this one is releasing today february the 15th all right, thank you and enjoy. Stay to the end um, and then definitely uh, check out the links in the description. And please, if you can as well, just tune in and share this with someone else for the next part two will be released. 
going into March. But for right now, we're going to focus on now and focus on the movement of literacy. All right. I want to thank all my guests for joining me today. I'm very excited about today's show and very appreciative as we focus on literacy and why it is about the communities. I have three guests today and we're going to start in another minute. And just note, there will be some audio delay, so just bear with us, but we will get the statements transcribed if it's to the point that it's not clear. I'll make sure that I'm typing some of that content in this particular chat. All right, so it's 2.34. We want to make this an hour. It will be a replay. That replay will be released. The first half, the goal is the 15th of February, and then the next half of that will be going into the first week of March or so. So let's go ahead and get started. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Michelle Anderson. I'm the host of two podcast shows, Surviving Your Journey to a Success, and of course, Michelle Anderson Short Stories and Beyond. With that, we have uh, three guests, three educators, that's gonna introduce themselves. Our first one I have up is Bernice. Um, Bernice, can you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself? Yes. My name is Benis Amegede Mausi from Ghana, West Africa. I'm an educator. I completed my college in, 20, in 2005 and I started teaching 15 years ago. I'm teaching in the capital city of Ghana, Accra. And I'm in basic school and I'm teaching primary six. I mm. teach social studies and other languages, other subjects. Hmm. Thank you so much, Bernice. Our next guest, and that would be Edom. He also is an educator, a writer. He's going to introduce himself and let's let him speak. All right. All right. Edom, go ahead. All right. Thank you for the opportunity and uh, greetings to all the listeners all over the world. I'm Edem Kusogbo Fudeka, born 3rd June of 1987. I've trained as an educator from the College of Education in 2013. I had my BA in English language from the University of Cape Coast, Ghana. I'm currently teaching English language at the junior high level I have passion for reading and writing. I am a poet as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. All right, Matthew, let's go ahead and introduce yourself. Yes, my, my name is Mr. Matthias Tulasi from Ghana, West Africa. I am an educator and then the CEO of Literacy Ambassadors Ghana. Mm. Thank you. Let's go ahead and get started with the podcast show. And the first question I want to ask is to Mathis. Why is why is literacy so important um, for the community for community building? Why does it matter? Why should we care? Yeah, yeah thank you very much. You know, uh, life is all about literacy. 
you know and we are saying that mm. a reading nation is a winning nation you know the importance of literacy are, are, are numerous you understand because the whole life is all about literacy so literacy is very important in every community across the the, the globe you understand so it means that uh, literacy must be promoted in every community across the globe it's so 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 important you know when you look at the importance of reading alone you understand that literacy is a key component of uh, survival in every society you understand uh -huh. because in a society for instance we need teachers and somebody must be educated to become a teacher and it will take literacy to produce teachers it will take literacy to produce doctors nurses engineers and all those things you know whatever you can think of so in the absence of that the, it means that we lack all these professions you know professionals in our communities and when you are sick where will you go to if you don't have doctors you are sick we don't have nurses where will you go to where will you get health care you understand if you don't have teachers how will you get educated you understand so you see that it is life is all about literacy and it's because of its importance literacy is, is key and there must be a key component in every uh, community across the globe beautiful thank you so much for that i now want to go to uh bernice give me one moment here And now let's ask that same question to Bernice. Why is liter literacy is so important for community building? And why does it matter? So I'm gonna give the mic to Bernice. And if Bernice still with me, she can chat, oh, I'm sorry, uh, you could put a chat message that you're still there. <laughs> you still connected, there you go, all right. Go ahead, Bernice. Okay, I would like to I would like to add to what my friend has said already. Literacy enlightens the individuals because the more you read, the more you know, and then the more you discover new ideas. Life is full of challenges, and we need more ideas to solve these life challenges and problems. So literacy is very important because the more you read the more you will discover, the more you will get new ideas to solve the life problems and then challenges. Uh -huh. mm. Example, if you have a health challenge in a community, mm -hmm. the more you read, the more you will discover problems for those, uh, the more you discover solutions to solve those problems. And mm. then... Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, the literacy also gives a health security because if you read, you understand some of the health issues. Example, this COVID-19 that is around, so many people don't believe it, but if they are able to read and they understand that the virus exists, the disease is around, it exists, they will find this at least the prevention measures they will go about it to prevent being infected mm -hmm. so i think literacy is a very good thing and then every every community needs it and then uh, uh, to solve life problems that is what i will say thank you so much that was so beautiful said yes it does Reading does open your mind to new ideas, new frontiers, make you understand a different perspective. 
and a different angle of, you know, the abductor that we're talking about now builds the self-esteem up for you to, to know that you can do what you don't see. It's unseen, but you just got to keep moving forward. It's very inspiring reading. Thank you so much. Such a great answer. Thank you, Bernice. Now I want to go. Yes, thank you. Now I want to go and have Edom to answer the same question. So let me move the mic here. Okay. All right, Edom, go ahead and you answer the same question. Why is liturgy so important, you think? All right, thank you very much. As the earlier speaker said, um, add my voice. Literacy is very important in, uh, for building our communities, especially the human resource we have. Because you realize that without knowledge of reading, and the right, we are lost in the world. The world is evolving, be part of the world. We need to be abreast with time. And how can we do that? It's only through literacy. So I say, and uh, most of the times that literacy should be a human right that every government should enforce, that every child, every citizen of its country gets literacy education. That is the foundation of education. Without literacy, education is nothing. So we need literacy in every aspect of our lives. That is how important it is for us. It matters a lot in every aspect of our lives. And if we leave literacy to a few, it means that the few that have the access to literacy will continue to be the rulers of the world, while the majority who lack literacy will continue to wallow in abject poverty. It's one cause. Literacy is one cause of our inability to progress as people in the world, especially in our parts of the world, Africa and Ghana especially. So I think it's very important for us to have a literacy education for all. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Ooh, that's a powerful, powerful statement. Thank you so much for that, Adam. Thank you. Let me go to the next question. The next question is I wanted to pose to you is, what do you think is the, the overall reason for the discrepancy in Gahana literacy rate compared to other countries. I wanna go a little bit deeper in that, what Edom kind of touched, what, what he touched on and the other two educators. So the question is, what do you think is the reason for the discrepancy in Gahana literacy rate compared to other countries? We're gonna go first back to Mathis. All right, Mathis, go All right, ahead. Mathis. Yeah, thank you very much. You know, the, the issue is that uh, poverty is a factor. You understand? Those who are poor, they are not able to access education. You understand? And then on part of government, a lot is not being done to make sure that literacy becomes a family culture and then literacy becomes is a human right. You know, by then, there are efforts are not being made to make sure that every citizen is able to read and write. You understand? So it's like, it becomes like 
those who are rich they try to uh, make sure that their children go to school but those in the rural communities nobody cares about them you understand so those are the challenges and the poverty is a cause is a main factor those in the rural communities they do not have access to uh, formal education and you are you realize that those places they do not acquire uh, they don't have access to education so they do not have uh, uh, the knowledge you understand so that is a is a challenge at that area you understand but if there's effort from the part of government to make sure that every citizen you know irrespective of your age your your gender and all your tribe and all those things be able to acquire these skills you see that the the percentage will increase you understand but that is not the case as we speak you get it you go to a lot of the villages the people cannot read they can't write are you getting the whole thing so uh, there might be conscious effort from the part of government to make sure that every citizen should be able to read and write but not until that is being done you will see that the problem as it is now maybe in future it will even be worse or, the, or unless maybe we have a lot of the stakeholders like we're also trying to do our best to make sure that we help people to acquire basic literacy skills you understand so but i think that the main effort as in how we go about all these things should come from the point of government if that is being done you will see that people to acquire these basic literacy skills that we are talking about uh -huh. Right. Thank, Thank you so you much, so much Nancy. Nancy. You went all the way in there. Thank you. <laughs> we got to get to the root of it and be able to talk about it as a community. And then we can, if we could talk about it and get to the root of it, it allows us to be willing to uh, look at it as a family. And he touched on that when he see, I'm going to get to the next person to answer, but I just want to touch, you know, come in on that what Matthew has passionately said. Um, once you be able to get to the root of the, the issue, and we all see it as a community, that is family. So we can work towards helping one another and we help one another. We build the communities that we wish so we can have the peace of mind going forward for the future yeah. generation. So yeah, with exactly that being so. said, thank you so much, Matthias. I'm going to pose that same question to Bernice. All right. So let me get ready to give her the mic. All right. Bernice, go ahead. Okay. I will continue to add to my colleagues' submission and say that no role model in some homes to stress on education. This is one of the causes, no role model in some of the homes to stress on education to assist children to uh, go to school, to read to learn how to read and write so i would say that, that is one of the causes in some homes the parents are not uh, encouraging their children enough to go to school they prefer to take them along to market or farms or those kind of places instead of sending them to school or assisting them to go to school and then to learn how to read and write so I think that is one of uh, the causes. And then in some communities to conflicts, conflicts prevent the children from going to school in some communities, conflicts uh, such as war. And then uh, uh, other things prevent the children from going to school to learn how to read and write. Mm -hmm. And then uh, no, in some communities, no proper structure for children, mm -hmm. people, to go and then learn under 
the structure for children to go and learn. There's no structure. So when they go, they just roam around and then they don't know what to do. Meanwhile, at that moment, they are supposed to sit and do some serious business. Mm -hmm. But because there's no structure for them, they just go roam about and then go back home. Mm. And then uh, uh, some of the uh, uh, students to the children to because the parents are not ready to motivate them or help them. So they do whatever they like. In that case, they don't even know the importance of learning mm. for them to learn how to read and write. Mm -hmm. So I think these are some of also the uh, courses. Yes. I'll see. Right. Thank you so much, Bernice. I totally agree. Without structure, it's hard to have a foundation of anything. And I know it's hard because sometimes um, with our busy lives or what have you, but you got to push through that. And you just got to know, I just got to get it done and look for the resources, which I know Matthew is going to talk about the resources and the programs that him and his team are working in the community in Kahana and that other communities um, of people that are listening that can help. But I totally agree with you on that, Bernice. Structure is important. All right, let's go. Let's see. Now we have Edom up. You're going to talk about that as well. Let me put you on it. There you go. And I have someone calling in. First, let me take, I'm going to take yours. It's, uh, Michael, I'm going to take your call after Edom um, answers the question, which is, what do you think is the the reason for the discrepancy in Gahana literacy. Edom, you can go ahead. Can you hear me? All right. Yes, please. Okay. Um, on this note, I think as the earlier speakers have said, I'll add to that the major cause is, as Mat uh, Matthias said, is um, uh, poverty. And then what the government is not doing to help promote uh, literacy. Um, it, it will surprise you to know that most, about 90% of our schools from the crèche to the kindergarten, even primary schools don't have reading books. So it's be very difficult for educators to help these kids to be able to get the literacy skills, the basic literacy skills. Mm -hmm. And in the rural areas, there is no motivation, as Bennett said, there is no motivation at all for the young ones to follow. And then the structure that is needed for those who are interested in the urban areas, the structures are not in place. Classroom, sometimes you have the classroom, but you don't have furniture, I know, and sometimes when you have the furniture, they are not in good shape. You don't have libraries. You don't have uh, reading activities on the timetables. These are some of the challenges. That is why it is, um, these are some of the things pulling Ghana, uh, Ghana literacy rates as compared to the developing or the developed uh, countries. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. All right. 
Very good answers. We're getting deep and we got to get deep to be able to find the answer <laughs> or at least talk about the solution and how we can um, all come together to to make it work. So I had a, a, a audience that wants to take the mic. Can you go ahead and click the call in again and I can um, connect you. All right, there you go. All right, can you state your name to everybody? My name Yay. is Michaela. Oh, Michaela. Where are you from? Hi, everyone. Hi. Where are I'm you from? I'm from Ghana. Oh, Ghana. <laughs> Ghana, Accra. Welcome. What do you want to share with everyone here? Um, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, I'd like to share a few points that I have as um, some of the discrepancies in Ghana's education system and right. literacy, um, literacy um, offering on the whole. So my number one challenge is the fact that we don't view literacy um, as a service that we, we are supposed to provide our children as a community and a family, just as you were saying. Mm -hmm. We see it as um, schools are money-making institutions. Mm -hmm or they're just or just an opportunity for individuals to make money as perhaps teachers. That's what some schools do. I'm not saying everyone, but most of them do so. And that is why we have this complete um, low level of output production in Ghana, Ghana's literacy um, industry. And um, our second is the fact that our children are are not um, raised to understand that literacy is a tool that they can use to discover themselves. Reading mm -hmm. books, writing, is for them to also understand themselves. They are only taught to understand their environment, and they are taught in a way that they are supposed to memorize things and mm. reproduce things forcefully, painfully, during examinations. Mm. So they have to understand that reading is a tool for them to discover themselves, to find themselves in other people's voices. And that will help them know what they like, what they don't like, so that they can go towards um, choices that will help them be the best versions of themselves and, uh, and to be able to achieve purpose, mm. to be able to know why they're here. Okay, maybe I'm good in tech. No, maybe I'm good in medicine. So I'm not going to go towards the tech area because when I read about it, I don't have enough interest in it. So reading is a, a tool for them to experience and know even themselves before even the world, right? So it's like a fusion of themselves and the world, knowing the two of them and then being able to bring out the best in themselves and helping others as a result, right? Mm. The third issue is that the education structure and style is boring, not fun in Ghana. Like I said before, children are being forced to read and memorize. They're just forced to reproduce what they've already been given. Mm -hmm. And they're not taught writing. They're only taught, if they're even taught reading at all, which um, is not so um, active in Ghana. They're not taught writing. Writing as well, being able to express themselves. So um, you see a writing deficit whenever they have to, when they go into the job market. There's so many errors in pronunciations, in grammar, 
so and and so on and so forth. The fourth discrepancy in Ghana's literacy system is the nursery and kindergarten structure for me. I believe that the nursery is like the root. Nursery literacy is like the root and the the area where we can attack literacy in mm. any community. When you get that point right, everything else sails through good. The child mm -hmm. is like um, on autopilot. Mm -hmm. You're able to manage things on their own. They love if they, if you build a love for reading, the love for exploring, the love right. for self-discovery and world discovery, that will help them eventually start off on a good note. It's like a, a launching pad for them, Nesri. Mm -hmm. And you do that through colors, things that interest them. But mm -hmm. in my country, unfortunately, most of the we have good nurseries. We have now nurseries are accommodating color and all. But as they go on to um, grades one, grade two, you see them welcoming um, colors like brown, black. And the children, are, you, they could have colorful books, but they are forced to cover them with brown paper because it is said that they want to um, preserve the books well and all. But I feel like eventually that kills their creative abilities. Right. So it's like, okay, you started off on a good note. There's color and nursery, even though there's other things that they're supposed to be addressing that they don't, but there's color. Then eventually they go to grade two, grade one, sorry, grade two, grade three, mm -hmm. then dumping it. Then they're supposed to memorize things as opposed to saying what they think, deriving how they feel about various topics and subjects in, in, in the world and about themselves. So basically, these are, in a nutshell, some of the <laughs> some of the errors in our literacy system in Ghana. Powerful. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Michaela. You broke it down. <laughs> I love it. You gave so many gems um, that I'm trying to touch on as well. I have to. I know I have to move forward, but. You gave so many gems. Some of them I really enjoyed and like, and and you touched on a part about kindergarten. I was attested that that is true. I remember a teacher told me they say the key to the child to read they have to learn phonetics, mm -hmm. right? And without that, our mama she's saying the child will not be able to read. It would be difficult. And I saw proof of that years later. And that all starts in kindergarten. I know here in the United States, we do, um, you know, pre-K or what have you, but you're right because at that age, they're, they're grasping life. And also you touch on um, about the books and how they want to preserve, but really you have to let the child see it all. And you were talking about colors and I totally agree. It's color of the rainbow, right? And mm. to me, that makes them, um, like you were saying earlier, and I, I'm not sure it was Bernice as well, that just makes them to come up with new ideas, new solutions, um, you know, experience life. Um, to me, reading is like water and we all have to survive water. And you touched on all of that, on all of your points. I'm so happy and glad that you came in today. And I can't wait to, we can have this replay because this is some good information that we all presenting of the discrepancy in literacy, particularly in Ghana. So thank you so much for your answer and your presentation. Wonderful job. All right. We have a next question. I'm going to give the mic to um, 
uh, to Matthias. And the next question is, as, ed as educators, what is the, you know, the productive way to increase literacy from the unborn to the adult? So I'm gonna give the mic to Matthias to answer that question first. All right. All right, Matthias, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. You know, uh, we have the view that as literacy ambassadors Ghana, we have the view that uh, issues of reading must be tackled from the, the point of uh, pregnancy, you know, uh, during pregnancy, so that we are advocating that pregnant women but then the issue is that before they get to that level, before they become a couple and then being a pregnant woman, we have to promote literacy, you know, from a very tender age. So that when the person develops love for reading from this tender age, before becoming a pregnant woman in the future, then the person can now do the read aloud to the unborn child. Are you getting the whole thing? So if you're able to uh, do this in so well, like I've always said that literacy must be a family culture, all these things will be done so well, you understand? So when I have a child now, I should be able to help my child acquire these basic literacy skills that we are talking about. And if my child is able to acquire that, because I've imparted my child with that skills, you know, when my child becomes a, a mother or maybe a father one day, they also, in a way, help their, their children to be able to also acquire these skills, you understand? So we need to take the thing from a very tender age, especially the school people. So, for instance, all the programs we are doing today, it is our view that some years to come, we will fade off, you understand? And these kids that we are doing programs with today, they'll pick up the work that we are doing now. I get it. And we'll have a lot of students coming to join the literacy advocacy work. Because our time, nobody came to our school to do anything about literacy promotion. But today, we go to schools to promote literacy among these students. We celebrate literacy days with them. I've never remembered when I was in primary or JHS or anyway, they celebrated World Allow Day or they celebrated International Literacy Day. No, nothing like that. But today, we mark these days with them. We are teaching them songs and reading. We are doing programs, grammar exercise, and all those things. So it's like, in a way, we are trying to send a message to these children. And when we fade off, they will now pick up the job. So what it means is that with time, issues of literacy, a lot of people will join the advocacy work. Mm -hmm. And these children that we are, we are talking to now, they will take up the job. So a time will come now, you see that everybody will be talking about literacy. Where in every district, in Ghana we have districts, where in every district you could have literacy NGOs within every district to promote literacy within that respective district. I get in the whole thing. But it is not as we speak now. But then, when we are able to, uh, uh, we are able to help these children acquire their skills now, then in future, they will intend pick up the job and it will be far, far, far better than it is now. But I have of the view that those after us, the generation after us should be far better than we are. And what do we do for them now? We have to help them acquire these basic literacy skills that we are talking about. And if you're able to do that in so well, it will help in the long run. You understand? Because somebody's pregnant, say he, he has not been to school. So he, yeah, she cannot read to the unborn child. But before that person, becomes a pregnant woman, you have been a child. You have been an adult even before becoming a, a, a pregnant woman. So what help have we given to that person at a tender age before being an adult and then getting pregnant? Are you getting the audience? So if you're able to do this in so well now, and the child, uh, the, the girl in GHS now knows that, has said that when you are pregnant as a mother, 
you have to read to the chart. My mom, I asked my mother whether she has ever heard this thing before. I said, no. I said, I didn't do it for me. Then she was laughing at me. Are you getting the whole thing? But my wife must now do for my child because she has gotten the information. Are you getting the whole thing? So whatever information we are sending now, our hope is that in future, the things will be far better. So we have to make sure that we send information across the country. Everybody gets to know about this thing. Then they can. So we have to start from the pregnancy point of view. You understand? Because in the last thing that I indicated that in Finland, when you are pregnant, you go to Antonita for the first day. They give you storybooks. They give you storybooks for free to take home. Why are they giving the pregnant women the storybook? To do the read aloud for the children. But in Ghana, do they give this thing? How many even pregnant women know that when you are pregnant, you have to read to the child, do the second trimester? They don't know. Mm. But the information must get to the people. Then we have to help them to be able to read. So adult uh, uh, literacy is key. We have to help them to be able to read. If you help them to be able to read, then they can do this thing. When the child is giving birth to, whatever they have to do for the child to acquire mm -hmm. this kid, they'll do it. I've seen a video of one Master Caleb at age four. And Master mm -hmm. Caleb, you can Google, you get it, Master Caleb. At age four, Master Caleb gave a speech on the importance of reading at age four. I watched the video, I was like, wow. So when I was at age four, was I able to do what this guy, I said, no. So I said, no, I, I was challenged by that video. And I was like, as do it at age three, my child must beat Masakalev's record. It means that I have to do certain things for my child to be able to beat that guy. But if every child, if Masakalev at age four can give a speech about the importance of reading, and somebody's in maybe SS now, which is at a 20 or a 21, cannot even stand before public to talk. You can see the, the, the difference, you understand. So we have to help them at a tender age. And that must start from the pregnancy point of view. That is where we have to start the thing from the right distance. And then what they have to do. So every child must acquire basic literacy skills before starting school. But that is not the case as we speak now. You understand? So when we are when everybody gets the education and we all know the right things to be done and we all do it, you see that all the children that will come to school, they will acquire this skill. And the work of teachers to educators to be very easy because the children are good from who before uh, coming to school. But that is not as it is now so it should be a kind of a, a marathon drive you know to help everybody acquire this uh, basic skill that we are talking about and if you're able to achieve that thing oh wow in the near future you see that the children that will come to be waiting to see in the near future perfect thank you so much i totally agree um because the babies can the the unborn can hear they can hear music they can that means they can hear your voice um, and it really does matter um, when you start at that moment yeah. or even get ready to, mm -hmm. for that moment. And then it carries on, you know, um, and then they mem and they memorize that they, they learn it, they hear it, they, they used to get used to it by the time um, they're born. And then it's just continuing on to look at reading mm -hmm. as the key. Um, yeah. It's the nutrients that they need for the life that you want the child to experience and to have. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with mm. that. You got to start when they when they unborn that early, and it plays into it, so they can have that natural thing. Somebody is calling mm. in to want to touch on this, so Matthew, I'm going to disconnect your uh your mic, yeah. and I'm going to let this other person speak on this. Thank you so much, Matthew, and then I'm going to go around to Bernice and Adam. Hold on, let's see who's calling in that wants to talk about, want to say something. Hold on, I'm going to get to you. Let's see. All right, can you say your name? And where you're from? 
Yes, um, my name is Mrs. Akuswa Nelson Kofi. I'm speaking from okay. Ghana. Ghana, yeah. yes. What yes. do you want to add to that, what Matthias um, spoke on? Well, I was, and Matthew spoke about the role of NGOs in, uh, in, in promoting literacy. And I just wanted to say that for a okay. long time, since my kids were very uh, always try to promote literacy. I had a, a reading right. club for children and also a maths uh, club as Ooh. well. And later on in years, uh, I'm getting close to pension and I'm a governance pro a volunteer for a project by a company called Beulah Bless Ventures. And this uh, company mm. is basically using uh, technology to enhance literacy uh, for children in mm -hmm. schools and also in communities. So basically what we do is that mm -hmm. we are using uh, a reading uh, software uh, from Renaissance uh, that we purchased, the company purchased called Accelerated Reader and Mayon. Mm -hmm. Accelerated Reader, with that we provide uh, the children with books when they finish reading the book, uh, each every child is supposed mm -hmm. to have a license, so you can log on to the system as a student, and after reading your book, which when you mm -hmm. you can take a quiz, whereby you answer questions mm -hmm. on what you have read, mm. and then um, after that, after that, um, you are able to also take a vocabulary test. Now, on the other side, we as administrators, we are able to see the performance of the child, okay? Whereby uh, we are able to see how, what mark the child got for reading the book and what mark the child got for the vocabulary test. And therefore you can see the gaps mm -hmm. that need to be filled. Earlier on, we had mm -hmm. the STAR assessment where uh, the child could actually take a quiz and you'll be able to assess the reading level of a child. What we found out was that children in public schools, maybe class six, their reading level was that of a two grader, second grader. Mm -hmm. So you realize that with these technological systems, you are able to assess, and then you are able to uh, give uh, students books that are within their, their level to read. With the... Um, so with Accelerated Read, I'm sure Bernice will talk about it. She has uh, used it within her community as well and for a few other students as well. Then mm -hmm. we've also ever brought in the Mayon. The Mayon mm -hmm. has about 5,000 digital books on it. Mm -hmm. And as well, the children can, you know, take a, a, a read the digital book and take a quiz as well. Now mm -hmm. with Accelerated Reader, it also has Accelerated Articles whole lot of articles just name mm -hmm. it from money social sciences technology so with all these articles children are able to if look looking at money for instance there there's literature on or readings on how a child can be you know um babysit and make get money with that mm -hmm. children are able to uh, improve upon their financial literacy for mm -hmm. instance Help them. They learn to read. Yeah, a challenge, of course, we've had is that we cannot afford to 
give it to everybody because it costs a lot. Yeah. Because these licenses are procured from uh, UK and then uh, US. So mm -hmm. that's what, I, and I believe, as he said, if it's not only government who must do it, but they can be individuals, they can be, you know, uh, NGOs, which can be, so everybody can uh, give some quota to add on to what government is doing in the area of literacy. Mm -hmm. And I think that would, would really, really help. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ooh, that's, a, that's good. I totally agree with the technology because um, that goes into what Matthews has been saying and the others as well, um, giving them inter, in, an interesting um, way to get inspired of reading and not make it so, you know, um, boring, but make it interesting because reading is interesting. They just don't realize it, <laughs> you know, so we have to present it in every single different way. And that technology really helps because I know they have different like technology here in the United States for children where they can read They use like a, a pen or, or a pencil and they can take that tool and go over the word. And the, the pencil will actually will speak and say the word and pronounce it, which goes into that phonetics. But I totally agree with what you were saying. Um, and then some of it, it can be very expensive, uh, but it's, it's the investment as a community and as everybody that want to participate and help. But yeah, that technology is key. It really does helps to increase the literacy of the child. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you could type um, that program um, and the license that you were saying of the, that software in the chat would help as well. Thank you so much. All right. Let's go to that question that I have. I'm going to pose that to Bernice. As educators, what do you want to add? Your mother did a wonderful job. <laughs> what do you want to add to um, ways that you can increase literacy from the adult? Oh, okay. Let's see. All right. Hey, Bernice, what do you want to add to that? <laughs> so happy, excited for my <laughs> madam for joining us to add yes. to Yes, I'm so excited. Me too. I thank you. Yes, I thank yeah. her too. So she <laughs> has helped me a lot to do a lot for the kids in my community and then in my school. And I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. She's a great woman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To add to that, to promote literacy from the unborn to adult, I think Mr. Matthias has said it all. It mm. must start from the adult literacy. The adult must be educated because if you are expectant mother and then uh, you are not able, you don't know how to read, how mm. can you read to the unborn child? Mm -hmm. So I think those must start from the uh, adults. Right. Must educate the adults and then when they are educated, they can read. Then as they are pregnant, they can read to the unborn child, and then the father is educated, the mother is educated, the mother can read to the unborn child, the father can also read to the unborn child. And then when that child is born, we take it from there. The child already developed love for reading mm -hmm. before that child is being born. Then that child must also be educated right from day one, from crèche, from nursery to crèche to KG, and then to the primary schools and all that. 
the child must be educated. Then the cycle goes on. Mm. So I think the from unborn to adult literacy, it must start from the adult. Adult literacy is very important. So that from there, the adult will help the unborn child. The unborn child will then be trained or will then be educated to get, to get the literacy skills. So that as that child also goes, then the cycle will continue to go on. That's my point. All right. Thank you so much for that. I totally agree. Because if the adult, if the parent can't read, then how will they be able to, to teach the child? So it, it goes by all, I'm on Matthews has said, literally should be a family culture. And I remember he said, I'm like, wow, that's so deep. And it's so true. And that's what Bernice was just saying. The parents and the, the adults has to to get into the mindset that is important, not that well, I'm just surviving, you know, it's the next generation, as I like to say, it's the 360. So by learning and understanding how adult literacy is the key, helps us to be able to tackle this issue. All right, so I'm gonna move on to the mic to Edom, so you could touch on this. Um, what are your thoughts about this? What, as an educator, go ahead. All right, thank you. Um I will add my voice to the earlier speakers. And first of all, on the reading to unborn babies is very important. And when that is done, when the baby is born, parents must make sure that they read aloud to the babies as well. That is one important thing we have to keep in mind. Then also, we also have to expose the kids to different Sounds our toddlers, we have to expose them and their literacy materials to for them to um, get access to the literacy materials as early as possible when they get used to them. From and one other thing I would like to talk about is um, on part of the educators, I think we are not committed enough for what we do, or probably maybe we are not motivated enough individually by ourselves, we are not motivated, and even by our employers, we are not motivated enough to do what we have to do as educators. Mm -hmm. Most of us um, mm -hmm. neglect the literacy aspect of the education. So what we, we, we do is uh, putting and they are not practical enough for them to get the literacy skills before getting to the next stage of the education. And then one other thing is government commitment. I think our government or governments in Africa are not committed enough and the community leaders are not committed to the literacy development of the uh, individuals in our communities and the country at large. That is why we are not able to provide um, materials for literacy education. So if government should put in much effort, supported by the NGOs and the um, uh, opinion leaders, the chiefs and uh, members of parliament, ministers and uh, assembly members, I think when they put their hands together, we can push literacy forward and children will get to love reading and it will be part of them till adult age. 
Then the parents' education, as earlier speakers have spoken about that already. Even at that, some parents are not committed. So I'm still echoing a commitment on part of the parents as well to be committed to the literacy development of their own children. Some kids uh, go home, their parents don't care whatever they have learned in school. They don't ask them anything. The next day, they are gone to school, they come back, nothing. They don't ask they've learned what they've not learned, what went on in school. They don't even follow up to the schools of their kids to check how the progress of their kids. And this is very key to uh, development of the uh, literacy in in Ghana. Then I would also like to touch on the provision of libraries in our homes. It is very good for us to have libraries from the house. If every household gets a library, then it will become part of the family life to have time for library. And that will be something that when the child grows up, it will not depart from the child. And when I talk about libraries, it has to extend to the various schools. Schools should also have functional library, but functional libraries, libraries where we have books, where we have furniture, where we have a place comfortable enough for the child to go at leisure and read and understand. And it extends to the communities and the, the nation alike. So we have functional libraries functioning and we are able to get people to go to the libraries. I think what we want to get, we can get that the literacy development of people in Ghana will grow and maybe be a pal with other developed countries. Then uh, Matthias said, um, literacy ambassadors are doing their best in some schools. They are trying to push all schools so that you have various games that will interest uh, students into reading or literacy or education. So it will be good if all schools or all educators who put in much effort to have time for literacy games on their tables or once maybe once a week in the schools it will help to motivate the children to get um, literacy skills and keep them even as they grow uh, i think this uh my thoughts on this particular question yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You touched on a lot of things that I uh, grabs and typed right here in this chat. Thank you so much for that answer. Ooh, that was a good one. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up, boy. Y'all giving me a lot of gems and a lot of people that's be able to listen on this. Right, that wraps up for part one of my live podcast show. I'm broadcasting this on both of my podcast shows going forward. Part two will be released going into March. So please stay tuned for that. Please look into the description there where you can follow up on other things that's related to this podcast and particularly the event that we're kicking off this month for the school that Matthews is connected with. Uh, they have at least seven resources they're trying to see if they can uh, receive that. And so you can definitely check that out, whatever you can do please just uh, take a look at that and also 
You can tag and connect with Matthias on Twitter. He's very active on Twitter. He's also available on WhatsApp. And he's a very, very dedicated, passionate person as well as the other guest speakers and our call-ins. It was very passionate. So I'm so grateful that they took the time to call in, have you know the ability to be able to do that. I know everyone, whatever, whatever, you know, couldn't be able to actually be here but i know when spirit day was thinking positive thoughts so we greatly accept all of that thank you so much so i really appreciate today wait till you hear the other part of this i decided to split it up because it was a lot of goodies they was presenting on the table on this subject i'm very humble and happy that i was a part of it so stay tuned for part two and thank you so much you have a good one talk to you soon